View podcast, and I'm your host, Lizanne Flynn. In today's episode, I decided to do a Facebook Live video event and incorporate that into part of this week's podcast. And so you might be hearing me mention a couple of people's names that happen to step into our Facebook group, The Animals I View. And if you're on Facebook, I'd love to see you over there. I'm going to be planning, I think, in the new year to be doing more of these Facebook Live events because, as I've mentioned before, it was something that I did in my radio show days, and I just really enjoyed doing it so much and having the interaction with people. And just even if there was there weren't any comments or not any questions that I could answer for people that I just really enjoyed kind of having that that group in the background silently and sometimes not so silently supporting me. It just felt really good to me. So that's what we did for today and I hope you enjoy today's today's podcast. Just now turned Audacity on, so that's great. And again, the nice thing about Audacity is that I can edit. <laughs> and it's amazing how many little verbal ticks and ums and <laughs> things like that that I, you know, anybody I think probably normally makes as they communicate uh, get edited out because at least to my mind, um, they're annoying. <laughs> and so um, I, I have the luxury of editing them out. So at least it sounds a little bit smoother. But anyway, thanks to everybody coming by and Amanda says hi Lizanne getting ready for work can only stop in for a minute and then she sends me a little kitty face with a heart oh love you Amanda that's very sweet um when I thought about a topic for today's podcast I've had an idea kind of germinating in my mind and this kind of relates to how we view our animal companions and I guess I wanted to maybe dip my big toe into the area of animals as partners in therapy. And when I say partners in therapy, I'm not necessarily talking about service animals or therapy animals. And yes, there is a difference. And we can chat a little bit about that. But it's becoming more and more prevalent. And it could be that you guys know how energy works and how the universe works that it seems like this is maybe something whose time has come that we begin listening to and actively um, enabling I guess probably is a good word all of the companion animals in our lives and we'll get to animals in the wild in just a second to actually become active partners in perhaps whatever interpersonal work that we're doing. And maybe we can make it even a broader umbrella rather than just therapy, as in psychotherapy, that we could just talk about interpersonal work. It never ceases to amaze me that occasionally, and as I said, it's starting to happen more and more often, animals are are starting to hold up more mirrors for us in our lives 
so that we can take a look at ourselves from an energetic level on, on an energetic basis and begin to see more clearly how perhaps our own imbalances of energy, temporary as they may be, impact not only our own energetic environment and energetic fingerprint, if you will, but also the energy environment of the animals with whom we share our lives. It's such an interesting thing to me that, as I said in the last podcast, occasionally I have clients say, wow, that's not what I was expecting when we do an animal communication session. And certainly from time to time it happens that as I always like to, to say to people at the beginning, especially of an animal communication session, oh, by the way, I'm also a medium. And so from time to time, animals and humans that have already crossed over may see your intention energetically to connect with your animal companion as like an open window of energy. And so I usually say, you know, just in case Great Aunt Gertrude wants to, you know, stick her head through that window and say, hey, I try to honor any beings that are no longer in physical form to come into the session because it usually works out that they have something important to say or maybe something to add. It could very well be that maybe there was a message that there wasn't time to share before they transitioned or maybe there's something that they see usually with blinding clarity now that they're no longer in the illusion of this human experience that they want to share with you. So so we can kind of incorporate that into it. But these mirrors that animals are, sh are holding up for us, hey Norella, um, are also tend to be, like I like to say, you know, looking into a mirror on a bad hair day. We don't necessarily want to look in that mirror on a bad hair day. <laughs> and we may very well think, think to ourselves, Ugh, why can you not just behave? Meaning that's what we're saying to our hair or perhaps another body part. The really interesting thing is that in the world of energy, there's really not anything such as bad or not bad or bad and good or even negative and positive. It's really just more a matter of Energy has a will of its own, and it's really best if energy flows. Now, sometimes that flow can be kind of a slow trickle. Sometimes it can be like a, you know, Niagara Falls <laughs> and the Amazon River and any river in any state where you happen to be that flows actually quite rapidly, depending upon, I'm here from in Colorado, so depending upon the snow melt in Colorado. But this energy, it needs to keep moving. It doesn't do really well when it's stuck, if it's not meant to be stuck. And, so, and I guess even the word stuck and unstuck kind of has a little bit of a meaning to it. As much as you can make it neutral in this, in this world of energy, which is what animals do. And in holding up these mirrors, it's not that they're pointing out inter, inter, uh, imperfections. It's more that they're pointing out areas where if the energy can flow more smoothly for you, guaranteed the energy is going to flow more smoothly for them. And hypothetically, let me just share with you, maybe like a composite, hey Mona, Mona's in the chat room, a composite of what it might be like in an animal communication session. Say for instance, uh, you're in a relationship and your partner decided that uh, he or she would just love to have a new cat. And well, you already have a cat and a dog and being 
perhaps a person of, of balance. Uh, Libra and Virgo come to mind. Just kidding. I don't mean to call out Libra and Virgos. <laughs> uh, because, as I've said before, I know enough about astrology to be dangerous, obviously, and that's not very much at all. You're at a perfect balance in your life, and you just think, no, I'm just really okay. For whatever reason, and perhaps magically, because this is how these things happen, your beloved partner happens to volunteer at a local animal shelter, and there's this adorable little kitty or maybe senior kitty or whoever that really seems to have caught their eye. And as we've talked before, we know that while we like to think that we choose our animals, rest assured that they are doing the choosing. And it's usually based on soul contracts. They're quite good at understanding who is about to come into their lives and whose soul awarenesses that are meant to be experienced in a lifetime match up ever so perfectly with their soul awarenesses. And so I'm sure any of you who volunteer in shelter might have heard stories before of the shelter staff saying, yeah, you know, so-and-so was adopted out, but the funny thing is that they came back and they've come back like three times. Well, and then the fourth time, magically, enters the human through the doors of the shelter and the animal immediately knows. Again, this is an energetic thing that they are like, oh my gosh, this person, I have found my person. They're absolutely perfect. And they take them home and all of the behavior issues that somehow were a part of the previous adoptions have now, again, magically disappeared because it's the right situation for them. But in holding up these mirrors for us, I'd like to take a step forward and say that any session of animal communication can sometimes be, for lack of a better word, therapeutic. And so getting back to our hypothetical, it could very well be that with the balance of one dog and one cat that you've decided that things are perfect, but it also could be that perhaps when you were younger, your favorite animal companion, be they dog, cat, um, iguana, uh, uh, dragon, turtle, fish, what have you, either ran away, um, transitioned through unfortunate incident, and that left a wound for you. You may have made a choice, either consciously or unconsciously, that you weren't ever going to let another animal being into your life again. It's not that you weren't bonded with the cat and the dog that you have now for whatever reason and timing being everything it could very well be that at this moment in your life was the time that this particular wound is coming up for you again naturally so at least in my world that this sweet little kitten or senior cat that your beloved partner has found at the shelter is is meant for them but it's also meant for you because it could very well be that at this point in your life path you are meant to handle process deal with this particular wound um, from your childhood and this particular animal because animals being yes they're they're that bright they're that good they're not really confined by a third dimension that humans are confined by. Animals think, see things frontwards, backwards, side to side, seven generations in front, seven generations in back. They understand the next room that they're going into. 
they're highly, highly intuitive. And where humans have kind of, to I would say a large degree, either been told that our intuitive selves are not, I don't know, maybe real or authentic at the very best or perhaps at the very worst that they don't exist and they're in fact dangerous. Animals don't really have any of those belief systems and so they fully avail themselves of their intuitive capabilities. While you're resisting this particular animal companion coming into your life, this animal companion also knows I am exactly the soul that is meant to help this individual to open their heart just a little bit uh, wider. And so this animal comes home to live with you. You're resistant, if not downright resentful. And the thing to remember about that is that, well, for humans, emotions are invisible. You know, they don't, we're pretty, we're pretty locked into and pretty dependent upon this third dimensional world and all of these you know, um, very tangible things um, that we have that have matter that we can pick up and hold. And animals aren't locked into that. And so to them, emotions, particularly emotions that tend to be a bit denser, such as anger, fear, regret, guilt, remorse. Hey, Helena. Hey, Greg. Greg, it's great to see you. We forget that they have actual in the world of energy tangible existence. And so something like anger, something like fear, something like sadness, something like grief can actually have energetic tangibility, if that's a word, of like a brick wall. We might feel that as humans, but we're also kind of used to just shoving our emotions and certainly our shadow emotions kind of to the side because we're not comfortable with that part of ourselves. Again, animals aren't really bounded. They don't have boundaries like that. They don't have, well, I'm not going to look at this because this just happens to be, um, you know, something of shadow. They're like, bring it on. It's here. <laughs> we need to embrace it. We need to work our way through it because their bottom line, the bottom goal for them is to get back to a place of balance, a place where, again, everything is in balance and everything to a certain extent is neutral. And so we forget as humans that our resentment or our resistance to this animal coming into our home life is very palpable to them. And while we might do a pretty good job at attempting to um, please our beloved partner and say, oh no, sweetie, I think it's fine that you brought home another animal. <laughs> Underneath, <laughs> sometimes that um, anger is uh, seething. And of course, it's going to come out in not so small ways sometimes. We forget that that's what this animal companion is here for. And if we give it time and perhaps maybe uh, enlist the help of an animal communicator, we can, we can hold up that mirror for ourselves and say, ah, yes, yes, that wound. That wound from when I was younger, that wound from when perhaps someone that I was in a relationship with um, took our animal companion that we adopted together because he or she said that animal was was more used to them and I never really bonded with them and yet I miss that animal deeply because they were representative of that bond that I had with that other being and I'm still filled with grief and I'm still not quite over the ending of that relationship 
and even now maybe just listening to this hypothetical which of course is not such a hypothetical as you might have figured out already your own body might even start to have been responding to the feelings contained in this and you might be imagining this, this scenario as a story or maybe even something real life that might have happened to you I think if we ask our animal companions about why they came to join us in our lives, what is the purpose for them being together, the really interesting thing is that I think humans by and large, we, we sometimes maybe perceive that interpersonal work, again for lack of a better word, is sometimes heavy lifting. It might seem to be that way and it might feel to be that way. From the place of animals, though, they don't, they don't really look at it as heavy lifting. Again, their bottom line, their goal is, oh, okay, so this, this thing is in the way. How can I either move around this thing, make this thing smaller, make it disappear, maybe move it off to the side? Even if you've noticed how your own animal companion is, they constantly seek out joy. They constantly seek out the thing that's going to make them feel the best. If it's a nap in the sun, so be it. I'm going to nap in the sun for the rest of the day. <laughs> they don't really care about going for a walk. They don't really care about the fact that you have to vacuum the place where they happen to be laying in the sun. <laughs> they might very well look up at you and kind of go, yeah, no, I'm not moving. The sun, oh, the sun, the sun is amazing. The sun fills my body with energy and it feels so warm and so soft and so, mm. no, I'm not going to move simply because you want to vacuum. I don't know about you, but I really admire beings who live their lives like that because I think by and large, they really have an amazing existence because they're only guided by joy. And I think in contrast, humans were guided by lots of other things. And I think for a lot of us, joy may be kind of far down on our list. Again, that's the reason why animal, animal companions come into our lives is to remind us of the joy that we're supposed to be feeling and that we can feel and that if we choose to, if there's something standing in the way of that joy, we can really choose to do as the animals choose. We can look to see what's in there. We can be brave enough to open up the box. We can understand by stepping into that place of wounding, we will feel it likely just as deeply as we did before. But the really interesting thing is that time really gives us some perspective. And so, again, with the support of a counselor, a therapist, could even be just a, another family member, a good friend, someone to prop you up, someone to give you support while you take a look at this wound. You can figure out and you can come to the realization that this is the reason why this new animal can't animal companion came into your life and you can be really grateful for that and you can allow yourself to be gentle with yourself you can allow yourself to understand that there's nothing wrong with you there's there's no diagnosis that needs to be made there's just a return to the beautiful wonderful place of joy and lack of resistance, which is where every single other animal living on the face of the planet is, even in this very moment that we speak. I'll open it up for any questions for the people that happen to be in the Facebook chat group. 
Anything that I can help you with animal companion-wise, medium-wise, any questions that you might have before I put an end to the podcast. And I'll give it just a moment. Moment. I don't think, don't be shy, anybody. Say say what's on your mind. Say, what, say what's in your hearts. Nobody? Okay, good. Well, I think what I'm going to do is let me step over into Audacity just for a brief nanosecond. Oh, this is absolutely perfect. I see where Audacity is. I'm Lizanne Flynn, and this has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. See you next time. Thank you.